We have an announcement to make. Our former water boy, Bobby Boucher, is going to play some linebacker for us. Ooh, I'm a f -f football player. <laughs> Coach, I'd like to tackle him right now. Please. Not yet. Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, at Bobby Skinner NFL, here with my co-host, Danny King, at Danny King NFL. There hasn't been much going on the past couple of weeks, just a bunch of smoke screens, and then we re-signed Sterling Shepard. Danny, how are you doing, and how are you feeling about this move? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. And as I said on my Twitter yesterday during my short little live stream i love the sterling shepherd signing for many reasons one uh we, we avoided an ugly negotiation process that was going to happen last year if they franchise tagged him or they may not even have been able to sign him because sterling shepherd was going to be getting a lot of money on that free agent market he was going to get paid as a number one wide receiver because teams are desperate for wide receivers and he's shown that he could be one but we got him at a nice four-year, $41 million deal, which I believe is like $20 million guaranteed. And Sterling Shepard, he's just a baller. I mean, when Odell went down last year, he, the past two years actually, he stepped up big time. This year he had 107 targets, he got 66 catches, 872 yards, he got four touchdowns. And he's just proved that he can step up and be the wide receiver we need him to be. And once again, just a great sign by the Giants in my opinion. Yeah, I, this is one of those moves where I don't really think there's much to not like about it. One, it's a, it's you know four year forty one mil, but it's going to be front loaded, and we all know we're going to have a ton of cap space next year. Um, and it does the deal doesn't start until next year, so this year he's playing for you know still on that rookie salary. And Sterling Shepard, like you said, he's been someone who's been able to perform with and without Odell in the lineup. So, I mean, you look at this year where he had uh, over nine hundred yards. I think it was like 50-something catches uh, with Odell and Saquon getting as much touches as two guys can get in an offense. And then in 2017, uh, you know, after all of our wide receivers got hurt in one game against the Chargers, Sterling was the only guy who was able to come back. And in six games, he had five catches for 70 yards, 11 catches for 142, three for 56, two for 16, not great. But I remember he got injured in one of the games and, like, left in the first quarter. So maybe that was it. Um, and then 11 for 139 and 5 for 49. That's as solid as you can ask for out of a guy who's your number two wide receiver. And uh, and that was all with Ben McAdoo as a coach, Eli not playing great, and the offensive line was worse than it was in, than in 2018. So I, I like his production. I think he's an ex excellent route runner. Um, is he going to be your number one like all-pro wide receiver? No, he's never going to be that, but I don't think anyone's expecting him to. Um, and the money shows that. And like you said, it's good that we're not having, we're not letting him hit the free agent market and locking up one of our guys. So, like like you said, I, I just feel like there's nothing to not like about this move. Yeah, and as you said, we're getting a Sterling Shepard in basically his prime years. And to add on, in 2017, he also had to deal with those migraine issues because of because uh, he has migraine issues and he missed out maybe like I think four or maybe three games. But that's besides the point. He came back and contributed right away. And just another day, this is a homegrown player, Sterling Shepard. We've seen him grow into, like, this very solid wide receiver. And as you said, he's not going to be an all-pro wide receiver. I mean, hopefully, I'm hoping he is, but we've got to keep our expectations to realistic levels. But he, he's a solid receiver. I mean, height's an issue, but he's 
He's a great slot receiver. I'm not sure how they'll play him this year with the likes of Golda Tate on the team. But once again, as you said, there's nothing to hate about this deal. Also, people are saying Sterling Shepard is overpaid. Did this deal overpaid him? I don't think it is. It's a great deal for a solid football player. Even if it is overpaid by a little bit, it doesn't make much of a difference because uh, uh, because we're having all the cap space in the world anyway. So if we're spending a few extra bucks to lock up one of our guys, I'm never going to complain about that. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about that. And as you said, next year we're going to have like $90 million or $80 million in cap space. We're in a fine position financially, the Giants, even with this deal. Yeah, and you mentioned that uh, he's going to play, you know, probably outside with Golden Tate. And that's another thing, is he is not going to be the focal point of this offense at all. So people are saying, oh, well, with Odell shading the coverage, he does good. Okay, well, the coverage is still going to be shaded. Golden Tate will most likely bring in more coverage than him because of him playing in slot position. Hopefully, what we're all hoping for is Evan Ingram is that kind of guy this year where, you know, he is a guy who shades, gets cover shaded him. And Saquon, obviously, we're going to be running the ball a little more and using, uh, you know, uh, Saquon out of the backfield. And listen, Sterling Shepard, he's going to play on the outside. Dave Gettleman said that, you know, way back uh, when he talked to Mike Francesa on the radio. Um, So, yeah, I just I like this move a lot now here. I'm I'm looking for the stats. I have them of Sterling Shepard on the outside versus in the slot. Where are we here? Where are we? It's before all my nets are going to smack the scumbag Sixers tweets. I'm finding it. Uh, okay, from the slot, last year he had 38 catches for 428 yards. And on the outside, he had 28 catches for 444 yards. So definitely more catches from the slot. I don't know what the snap breakdown was. But uh, his yards per catch, I mean, he had 10 less catches on the outside, and he had 16 more yards on it. So he's been more productive on the outside. And I was, you know, going back and looking at some of the highlights, he really played amazing last year, not just numbers wise. Like, like he won jump balls. He threw. He ran amazing uh, uh, back back shoulder routes. I mean, the guy's been growing every year, and I'm excited to see how he does without Odell in this offense. Yeah, and as you said, this offense is going to run for Saquon, but he's a great run blocker down the field. And just an- the catch that sticked out to me the most last year was that bomb Eli corked to him in the Colts game, which he came down with it after getting destroyed by the safety. He's just a strong guy. He only being five foot eleven. He's a big physical guy and he gets in your face. And just one of my favorite plays is when like he juked out that Bucks player. Yes, his knee was down and he got touched, but his ability just like cut it, just had that Bucks player go flying by him. I was jumping up and down in excitement. Just once again, a great deal. Yeah, and a lot of people you know, ran with the narrative that, oh, the, the Giants were showing. And, you know, Josina Anderson, Jordan Rain, and uh, they both said, oh, well, the Giants were showing. They're, they're young guys. They don't care about them. And they're not going to want to resign with them. So that debunks that narrative. And I know this is an old man take. People are going to hate me for this take. But I actually think he's going to benefit from Odell not being that long. And I'm not saying that he doesn't like Odell and doesn't love Odell and they're not really good friends. But we saw Sterling Shepard do some sideline stuff, which – Really doesn't bother me. That was never anything that bothered me with Odell. But I think he will be, he'll benefit from having a Golden Tate in there and showing, you know, who's done it for so long and been an amazing locker room guy and, and doesn't really bring attention to himself. So that's like the smallest thing on the scale. But, I, you know, I actually believe that, you know. No, yeah, I, as you said, he doesn't cause much antics in, 
outside. He's a well-respected person with the coaches, the players. I don't see Stanley Shepard being the guy to go on to ESPN and complain about the state of the franchise and call out his quarterback to Josina Anderson. And hey, so, if he can do that, though, it might not be too bad. Sorry, I just dropped my microphone. It might not be too bad because that means he's extremely good that ESPN wants that. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, if you don't got anything. Oh, so okay, so Kyler Murray visited with the Cardinals on Tuesday. And today, he visited with the Giants. Now, I think the Giants are just doing their homework. I don't read too much into that. Although, out of ha- out of the this year's QB class, I actually like Kyler the most. Although, I'm a Rosen guy. But I just got to get this off my chest. People are saying that, like, I tweeted out when Kyler was visiting the Cardinals. It's like, this is, the Cardinals know that the cat's out of the bag. The whole league knows that Josh Rosen is 100% on the trading block. And they are 100% picking Kyler Murray. And people said that, oh, you never know, it could be a smokescreen. Can we stop with calling everything a smokescreen? Some stuff isn't a smokescreen. It would make absolutely no sense for that to be a smokescreen. And they're saying, well, they, you know, they might want the Raiders to get more interest in him and trade up. Like, okay, I want to play that out in my, in my head. So <laughs> if it's a smokescreen and the Cardinals really don't want Kyler Murray, this is what happens. John Gruden calls the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury and goes, man, that Kyler Murray guy, you brought him in for, for a meeting. I guess it's, <laughs> I guess it's a done deal. You're bringing it. You're drafting number one. Oh, well we like him a lot, but we'll trade the first overall pick. So you can draft him. Uh, th- oh, th- but I thought you, I thought you liked the guy a lot, Cliff. What are you talking about? If you're, if you like him a lot, why are you going to trade, trade him? Well, we like him a lot, but if you like him, a lot. We'll we'll trade the first round overall pick. Well, it doesn't seem like you like him that much, Cliff. If you're willing to trade him, duh. That's why I like I I felt like making a video because I, it was hard. It was so dumb. That it was hard to explain in tweet form. Like I don't understand how in the world that is a smokescreen. That just like what do you teams are going to be more interested in Kyler now that the Cardinals are bringing him in? That just doesn't make any sense. And you don't do that to Josh Rosen. For a smoke screen. Josh Rosen showed up the camp. First one there. Beat the Instagram guy. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, maybe we talked about this on Tuesday's show. Anyways. It's not a smoke screen. And Josh Rosen is 100% on the trading block. Kyler Murray is going to the Arizona Cardinals. They're going to wait until as close as they can to trade Josh Rosen. I don't blame them to do for that. I think the Cardinals are a dumb organization. But I think they can do at least a couple things right. And I'm 100%. I, I am banking on Josh Rosen at this point. Like, I hear, you know, everyone's talking about Daniel Jones and Haskins and Locke. And really, that's like white noise to me because I, I just, I'm banking that the Giants are going to get Josh Rosen. Well, yeah, uh, obviously the Giants aren't going to get Kyler Murray because there's no way he makes it to six unless they trade up. But you're right. Uh, I the Cardinals they're they're drafted Kyler Murray like let's be real with us like he's going to the Cardinals Josh Rose is on the trade block uh I'm right now I I know we're back on Josh Rose to talk I don't see him coming to the Giants I think he's going to Washington just my opinion but yes I know you are hyping up that uh Josh Rosen thing because I mean he's a he's a great player like I we can't deny that he just had a t- terrible coaching staff around him in Arizona and injuries just absolutely derailed everything they had going down there so I believe in Josh Rosen he's just got to get in a good system but back to Kyler Murray Giants as you said they're just doing their diligence they got to check out everyone see what they're about 
and they just did that with bringing in Kyler Murray. That's all it was. Yeah, and I actually looked at Josh Rosen's rookie stats compared to Jared Goff. They're essentially identical, both 55 completion percentage. Goff played half the game, so he had a little less than half the yards, um, had half the touchdowns and half the interceptions. So uh, I'm not, you know, you know, it's kind of apples and oranges, but that's just, you know, another example of like, listen, just because this guy's first year suck doesn't mean the guy is done. Um, other news, the Giants brought in their first AAF player, Henry Tolliver. He played for, was it Salt Lake? Hey, who cares about what team he played for in the AAF? They're dead, uh, anyway. He, he, he was a, he's a cornerback. He played at Arkansas. He was a guy that really did well his freshman year. And was like, wow, this guy's going to be an NFL guy. Um, and it just never really panned out. Uh, you know, the Colts brought him in for training camp last year as an undrafted free agent and they ended up cutting him. Um, do I think he has a chance at the 53-man roster? Probably not, but they're the chance because we lack cornerback depth and we never know what's going to happen with injuries. But I do believe the Giants are going to bring – they're going to draft at least one corner and then maybe bring in a couple undrafted guys. So, and, you know, he doesn't, he's not very fast. He's decent in his own, but, I mean, you can – you know, got cornerbacks that are decent in his own are a dime a dozen. So, uh, I, I, like, I like bringing in the AF guys. Interesting. I, I like looking at his tape today. Um, nothing really stood out to me about the guy, but, uh, I mean, I guess he'll have a long shot out there. You know, 90 guys, so might as well give a guy a shot. Yeah, you're right. I see he ran a 4.6340 at the combine, which is disappointing. But yeah, I looked at some of his, uh, uh, highlights and I mean, nothing, as you said, nothing jumped out. He's just a guy that has some fine plays here and there, uh, my prediction, he probably won't make the 53 man roster. He'll, he'll have a good chance to make it but probably the Giants I think they want to find their corner in the draft in the later rounds this guy he hasn't proved much so we'll see what comes of it once again I don't think anything will come of it with uh, Henry Tolliver no Henry with the apostrophe <laughs> Henry yeah it has an apostrophe I just held that sneezing good on me there we go. Uh, it's called it's called professionalism ever heard of it Anyways, the preseason schedule was released, and we get the Jets week one because we played them this year, so we don't want to play them in week three of the uh, dress rehearsal. So Jets week one, the MetLife Bowl, that's always interesting. Now week two is against the Bears. I kind of have like uh, like a like a fling with the Bears. I root for them. Uh, they've always been good supporters of mine and Superman Radio. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. The Bengals week three, that's a new one. Uh, I guess we're I, I guess we're probably doing like an AFC North preseason tour because I remember we did the Steelers maybe two years ago, uh, did the Browns last year, and then as always, week four against the Patriots, uh, as is tradition. Uh, yeah, I, I think the NFL, uh, they're saving the Browns and Giants for next year because that's the next time they play. So they don't want to waste that hype in a preseason game. Obviously, it's just probably the way the schedule made, but that's how I'm looking at it. Uh, we also play the Bears this year, so we'll get an early look at them. The Patriots, as you said, that's just a tradition. We also play them this year. And uh, the Jets, the MetLife Bowl, always a fun game. I always enjoy watching that just to get the early bragging rights in. But then we have the obviously even bigger game come uh the regular season. So preseason schedule, I mean, I see it. I'm like, all right, give me the regular season schedule, please. That should be released next week. So that's where all the hype comes in. 
Definitely. And as much as people make fun of, like, the schedule release, like, because uh, we already know who we're playing, I don't care what anybody says. I get super excited for that. I, I want to go through every single game. And even the preseason schedule, like, I was hyped just to see that. I've been really, like, missing football, jonesing for football, and I just can't wait till preseason week one. I can't wait for the Hall of Fame game. Just freaking pit football in my veins right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. I know, I'm pumped also. Oh, and also, people have been uh, hitting me up on Twitter uh, we with Odell saying how amazing how God and the universe works. Uh, they're not playing the Giants this year, the Browns. That's next year. He's just returning to play the Jets. So, enough of the word. He's not coming to play the Giants in my life, Samuel, but he will be back in New York this year. But Why would he- they show Odell the schedule before it's released? Did they not realize that he was going to go and talk about it? Yeah, I mean, he's that type of guy. So, I, but what? Yeah, I'm not surprised, Odell. He, at this point, he should just post a schedule just to see who they're playing because <laughs> the fact he hasn't is surprising to me yet. But as you said, I need football back. Uh, off season work program begins next week. The draft is two weeks away. We're we're getting there. It's motion starting to happen again. Basketball season in the playoffs. That's really to me the single point. Like we're all we're getting close to football. Everything's coming together. We're almost there. So just give me the schedule because I love reading the schedule and see what things I'm going to. Let's do it. Um, Speaking of basketball, I thought we might be the only Giants podcast that has two Nets fans as the host. You usually are always two Knicks fans or at least one in there. So that's we're we're the only Giants podcast that is hosted by exclusively Nets fans. Yeah, we are Brooklyn fans all the way. You've been with them forever. I've been with them since they moved to Brooklyn because I was a little younger then. So it's just going to be a fun weekend watching some Nets basketball and just two podcasters love watching the Nets and we're going to get hyped for that. For this you're, a Bro- you're a Brooklyn Nets fan. I'm a New Jersey Nets fan. And I'm ready to curb stomp Philly. Anyways, let's get on to the linebackers. I love this class. Before that, a quick ad. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, before we get to the linebackers, my bad. We forgot about the other Shepard wide receiver that was signed, Russell Shepard. I really like this move. I've always liked Russell Shepard, even when he was at LSU. He's always been one of those guys who's not going to blow you away with speed. He's not going to out-jump anybody, but he just makes good plays. He's a great route runner. Um, And that wide receiver receiver three spot is going to be very intriguing to me. Right now it's between Cody Latimer, Corey Coleman, and Russell Shepard. And I think everyone's rooting for it to be Corey Coleman because if Corey Coleman wins that job, I mean, Corey Coleman's rookie year with the Browns was really good until he got hurt. The guy was a first overall pick for a reason. He has a lot of potential. So I like Coleman. We want him that. But Shepard is just great to have on that team as a number four wide receiver. He can play slot outside. So anybody goes down, he's a great guy to fill in. I like Shepard a lot. Yeah, uh, we're, we're sorry, Russell. Uh, we we sorry forgot about you, but uh, you're right. Uh, he's a, also a great special teams player. He was great on special teams this year. And once again, he's just a great presence because when, when that whole wide receiver thing happened this year, 
he came in and played great, and he fit in perfectly. So I like Russell Shepard's sign, and Dave Gellman was with him in Carolina. So it just makes a sense in the world right now to re-sign Russell Shepard. Definitely. All right, let's get into the linebackers. The first one, Danny, it's Devin White. Everyone oh. knows about this guy. We're, he could be the pick at six. Danny, what do you got on him? I, I love Devin White. I've been on his. I became on his hype train on at the combine. That's when I became a fan of uh, Saquon Barkley. But to Devin White, he's six foot, two hundred thirty-seven pound, ran a four point forty-two second forty-yard dash. I had to put his vertical in thirty-nine and a half inches. His twenty-yard his twenty-yard shuttle was four point seventeen seconds. The guy, he's I, I he's like a, a corner playing linebacker. But he's got the power of a linebacker, great hands, great speed, good at coverage. Uh, he's a sideline-to-sideline side linebacker. The way the NFL is going nowadays with these really fast tight ends destroying linebackers in coverage, that's not going to be Devin White. At, like a George Kittle will really struggle to get by him because he's so good. I love Devin White. If the Giants, if he's available, the Giants have to go with him. He'll be the if. If we do draft a linebacker in the first round, it'll be the first linebacker drafted since Carl Banks, I believe. I don't remember the year that was exactly. I want to say 83. I'm not sure off the top of my head. But he, he's a day one starter wherever he goes. He'll probably be the first linebacker off the board. He's pr- I think he's going to go to Tampa Bay in the fifth. That's just going to hurt my soul seeing him go one pick before us. If the Giants even, even had any interest in him, which I believe they do because how could you not have any interest in Devin White? Just yeah. a du- sorry, just a duo of him and Ogletree, that's just a deadly duo. I'll send it off to you. Sorry, I'm done ranting. <laughs> no, I, I love the guy. Like you said, he's extremely fast. He's strong. And he's still, like, getting better. He's, like, still learning. He's not. I'm not saying like, he's brand new to the linebacker position, but he didn't play linebacker in high school. Um, and he's just got – and, you know, when you're at LSU, you kind of get crowded in, in your beginning years. But he, like, he stood out, which is amazing. He's extremely fast. He's like almost like a Patrick Willis type. The guy, you know, like you said, he's extremely fast, extremely strong. Um, unfortunately, supposedly Tampa's in love with him, but which could end up actually opening a door for Josh Allen if things go right. I think I've seen that circulating, which is wild to think about. We'll talk about him next week. But yeah, this guy, he's amazing. He like he's everything you want out of a middle linebacker. Uh, he's good in coverage. He can blitz, uh, and like you said, he's just fast, strong, and he's a playmaker. And he was probably the best defensive player in the SEC this year. Yeah, you're right. Devin Ward, he's he's a different type of monster. He's going to be the first linebacker off the board. It would shock me if he's not. Uh, yeah, just I I'm hearing the same thing. Tampa Bay's in love with him, and they lost Kwan Alexander. So no, is it Kwan Alexander or Levante David? They lost. Uh, Kwan Alexander. They lost Kwan Alexander, so he would be the perfect guy to come in and uh, replace Kwan Alexander. So. Once again, love Devin White. I would love to have him blue. Sadly, I don't think it will happen because I believe the Bucks will spoil that party. But if he's available, I think you got to take Devin White. Yeah, he's got to be. He's probably the best player in this draft that's not on the offensive or defensive line. Yeah. Um, the guy's just an absolute monster. Obviously, you know, Quentin Williams, uh, Ed Oliver, and Josh Allen and Bosa have been making the most noise. But like I said, Devin White is just an absolute playmaker. And we've seen with guys like Luke Keekley that how much of an impact the middle linebacker can be. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited about the guy. Uh, but Devin Bush, the other Devin who retweeted me today, shout out Devin Bush. There we go, Devin. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm on my, um, my uh, Tavoy uh, Coney. 
our Tavon Coney uh, thing. But anyways, uh, he is rumored to maybe be at 17. What do you got on him, Danny? Uh, Devin White, five foot eleven inches. That's that's one of the things I don't like about him is his height, but he makes up for it. I'll get to that in a second. Two hundred thirty-four pounds, vertical. It's even better than Devin White, forty and a half inches. This guy, his twenty-yard shuttle is a four point twenty-three seconds. And what else? Great speed, great athleticism, great at pass rushing. He can bring pressure up the middle on the edge. He's easily a day one starter for any team. Uh, he's basically Devin White. There, there's no other way to put it. He's just a, a, an inch shorter to, uh, inch shorter than Devin White. Uh, if White wasn't in this draft, I believe he would probably be the first linebacker drafted, or he would be the best linebacker in this draft class. And I've been hearing the same thing. He, I mean, he had, I believe it was Sunday, he had an overnight stay with the Giants. So, I mean, obviously that doesn't mean anything. That was just probably the time he got in. But still, that's really the only player the Giants have done that with. And he's just a great guy. Just looking at some of his highlights, the guy's fast. It's amazing what he does. He brings power. He's just such a great player. And if the Giants don't get White at 6 and Devin Bush is somehow available at 17, you got to go for Devin Bush. But I'm hearing the Bengals are also a fan of Devin Bush, so they could be a team to watch out for of him. Yeah, I think that's the case with both these guys. It's going to be hard to see him fall unless uh, a bunch of quarterbacks are picked. If, you know, the Redskins take somebody... Uh, if the Dolphins take somebody, although, you know, the rumors are they're waiting till next year. So that and, you know, trade downs. But like like we saw last year with guys like uh, Vita Van, what was the Derwin James dropping? So guys do drop. So um, hopefully one of those guys can be our, our middle linebacker. Because like you said, both these guys are really good. Um, the, you know, uh, he's extremely fast. I mean, I just like him a lot. Like for all the same reasons you said, uh, he just continues to show up on tape. So I like him a lot. Um, a guy I have, and I'll tell you what, almost every single one of these guys I like took a deep dive at, they're almost the same position, so it's going to sound like I'm going to repeat myself. Um, but Tavon Co- uh, Coney out of Notre Dame, he's a senior, 6'1", 234. Um, the first thing on a scouting report, uh, everyone says not not great size, uh, not very fast. But, I mean, 6'1", 234, I mean, that's decent for a middle linebacker. But the guy is just... All these guys, they just, they're playmakers. They're amazing tacklers. Um, Tavon, uh, Tavon he, gets, he gets off the blocks on a consistent basis. He's good with his hands. And he just makes plays all the time. Like, I don't think, I don't, you know, he's he's a do-all kind of guy. He's like a Manti Teo, but I think even a little more athletic than Manti Teo. He gets interceptions. He gets tackles for loss. He gets fumbles. Um, and he gets some sacks, too. So, I really like this guy a lot. Uh, and I think people are sleeping on him, and I think people are sleeping on this middle linebacker class as a whole. Once we have to get after the two Devons. Yeah, I think this is a more like an out. People view this as more of an outside linebacker class, and um, yeah, so people are sleeping in on middle linebackers. But uh, someone I got next, he's not an impressive guy. Is Drew Tranquil out of Notre Dame? He's six foot two, two hundred thirty four pounds, forty yard dash of four point five seven. Uh, he, he's, he's an all right guy. He's got great, good speed, toughness and physicality's there. He tore his ACL, so that also hurt his speed a little bit, but he still somewhat got it. Uh, he, he's probably going to be, his best field will be special teams, but he could probably step in if it's needed. He gives me Mark Herslich type of vibes. Uh, I think he's a little better than Mark Herslich, but, uh, he's tranquil. He's a fine guy. He'll probably go in the third round. That's where people expect him to go, so... Fine guy out of Notre Dame. He's not your uh, Jalen Smith, uh, the Cowboys linebacker, but 
good uh, good special teams guy, and you can't go wrong with uh, some good depth at special teams. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the next guy I got is TJ Edwards out of Wisconsin. He's a redshirt senior, six foot two thirty. Um, the only thing he did at the combine was the bench press, where he would did very poorly. So the guy's not very strong, and people are saying slow, but he actually put an effort. Like the guy loves the game of football. He put an effort in to lose weight. Um, to became become faster, so he lost ten pounds while still being as physical as a guy can. Like and like, you know, you're gonna hear me saying this over and over again. But the guy just makes plays. He just shows up on film time and time again. He's a playmaker. He's a banger, dude. He, I mean, he just bangs in the guys in the hole. He loves it. He's great with his hands. I think that is probably his best quality. Is he knows how to use his hands. He knows how to get offensive linemen off him and get to the tackle. Uh, he's really good in zone coverage. He might, if he was a little faster, um, you know, he'd be known as like a pass, as a pass, uh, uh, a third down pass linebacker, like a Sean Spence or somebody in the past. I mean, he's amazing in his own coverage. He has 10 career interceptions, tons of pass breakups, but the knock on the guys, he's not that slow. And that's why a lot of these linebackers are going to drop. But I feel like middle linebacker is that position that we see over and over again, where we see guys starting that go in the fourth to seventh round or undrafted. I mean, it seems like every single year the Giants have an undrafted linebacker starting for them. Yeah, right. I, from the little bit I saw TJ Awards, I agree with everything he said. He's a great guy. His hands are probably his best, uh, his best uh, qual- technique that he's got going for him. And yeah, he's just he's slow. He's a slow guy. But once again, uh, as I said, this middle linebacker class is being slept on, and he's just another example of someone being slept on. Uh, someone that I've come to like actually while watching. His tape is a uh, Mac Wilson out of the University of Alabama, coming at six foot one inches tall, two hundred forty pounds. Uh, Mac Wilson, he had a fine, he had a good year, thirty three solo tackles, thirty two assists, sixty five total. He had a four point five, four and a half of lost per average. So uh, I like the guy. Uh, also two interceptions, Mac Wilson. Uh, He's fine at coverage. He's a sideline to sideline backer. Some of the hits I've seen him laid on some SEC players, it's the same how some of these guys got up because he actually did, destroys people at the line. He's also got good hands, so that's something I like to see from linebackers. He got he, From the interceptions I saw, it was just good interceptions, just good quick reaction. I like Mac Wilson as a guy. Uh, obviously, he would probably be – people expect to go uh, late first round. If he slips into, like, maybe – Somehow the third round, I, I would like the Giants to take if we don't take uh, any like Devin Bush or Devin White beforehand. Yeah, and like you said, I I think one of these guys that we cover is going to be in play um, if we're not able to get one of those first round guys because um, you know Ogletree, you know uh, obviously he's you know making a lot of money to be that middle linebacker, but after that it kind of drops off with guys like PJ Goodson and Tay Davis. Um, the next guy, speaking of Tay Davis, someone who played safety in college, this next guy, when I started reading a scouting report, I was like, eh. And I watched his film and, like, saw how he developed out the year, and I love him. It's Jermaine Pratt out of NC State, redshirt senior, 6'2", 240, ran a 4'5", 24 reps on the bench press, and he only started one game in his career in college, which is like, whoa, well, this guy shouldn't even be drafted. He only started one game. He played free safety his freshman and sophomore year and then moved over and redshirted a year after being injured. For only starting one game last year, he had 104 tackles, and a bunch of them were for loss. And with him playing safety, he's extremely fast. His agility is just out of this world, and he's a big hitter. So 
Um, you know, at 6'2", 240, or, or sorry, uh, 220, or 230. Freaking trying to read my chicken scratch. Uh, he's, <laughs> just a, he's just a banger. And obviously playing safety, he's able to cover tight ends better than most linebackers. Um, now, his awareness sucks, but that's to be expected for a guy that's only played two years a linebacker in his career. I totally uh, plan on that getting better as his career goes on, as long as he puts the work in. Uh, he's a little stiff in the hips and kind of can be hesitant in the hole. Um, but like I said, that's all like experience stuff to me. And the guy didn't start, so he wasn't you know always getting first-team reps in practice and whatnot. I just think he's going to benefit from playing. He's going to make it a team on special team. And I think he's going to benefit from being on a team, uh, you know, going against the starters in practice. And this guy, uh, he's not going to be a starter right away. But I think he's somebody that will see playing time in the NFL eventually. Yeah, I agree with you. He seems stiff in the hips, but once again, the guy had to transition from safety to linebacker. I, for some reason, I'm not sure what type of vibes he gave you. He almost reminded me a little bit of the guy we just traded for recently, Jabril Peppers. For some reason, that's the type of vibe I got from from him. I'm not the best at player uh, comparisons, but that's who I think he is compared to. But I like Jermaine Pratt. As you said, he's he's probably gonna start on a special teams to work his way up. But a quality guy, and once again, you can't go wrong with any really any of these linebackers so far we've covered. Next guy I got is Cameron Smith out of the USC, six foot two. 248 pounds. He ran a 40-yard dash at 4.69 seconds, which is, it's fine. He had a 20-yard cello of 4.20 seconds. Uh, Cameron Smith this year, he started nine games. Uh, No, he had nine games, 58 solo tackles, 23 assists, and 81 total tackles. The reason why he didn't have many starts this year was because of knee issues and concussion issues. So, red flag right there, little injuries, but... From what I've seen, he's fine at tackling, fine at coverage. He's really good at changing directions. Uh, he's not the best at shedding blocks, which is a, a thing linebackers do need. Uh, lateral mobility is his weak point. He's not the best at shooting the gap. So Cameron Smith, once again, fine guy, but injuries hurt his year this year at USC, and he's got he's got to improve on some stuff to become a started NFL linebacker. Fun fact, Cameron Smith was the first ever guest on Simple Man Radio. Life, that's Maybe he'll be the next guest on Simple Man Radio. Cameron, hey, it was it was the NFL year Cameron Smith that I played college football with. But listen, I'm definitely going to DM him now and be like, hey, man, I know Cameron Smith. He's been on the show a bunch of times. He even hosted a little bit. So, yeah, come on the show, Cameron Smith. Yeah, I like Cam. Um, maybe it's just I'm biased because of the name. Anyways, <laughs> the next guy I got, speaking of bias uh, because of name, He's out of Buffalo named Khalil. Remind you of somebody, Khalil Mack? I don't know. Maybe. Khalil Hodge. He's 6'1", 255. Wasn't invited to the combine. Speed is what it's like every single linebacker that I'm covering. Uh, they say speed is his downfall. But the last three years, he's led the NCAA in solo tackles with over 400, which is just unbelievable. He gets the ball extremely quick. Like, you could say he doesn't have long speed. But when you're a middle linebacker um, – you really don't need that much because of, of the uh, move to zone coverages. So, you know, he's able to pass. Uh, uh, he's like when he's covering a tight end, like he's good at jamming tight ends and he's good at passing them off to the safety. So if you use him right, he can be great. And like I said, he led the NCAA in solo tackles for, you know, the, over the past three years. He gets the ball big, uh, extremely quick. He's a big t- hitter. And like I said before, he just jam. He, he, he's great at jamming in the tight ends and pushing them off to the safeties. And like I said, he's not that great speed. I think because he played against 
not the greatest uh, competition at Buffalo. I think he guessed a lot, so he kind of would just make his decision before a play happened instead of reading. But that's a hundred percent something you could fix about a guy. Um, and then the other knock on him, which is this is a legit one, he absolutely never blitz. They never use him to blitz a quarterback. So and it's I mean it's kind of easy to game plan against a guy like that when you, he's just never a threat to come in and go after the QB. Um, but there's there's guys like that who make money in in the NFL. So Cleo Hodge, he's going to be a later guy. But I think you know they're just whoever gets him is going to get somebody that's just a gamer. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, he's just not being blitz. I mean, you could blame that on Buffalo for not using him properly, or maybe he's just not too good at the blitz. But Khalil Hodge, he's gonna be a late round guy. I say maybe fourth round, but he he's a quality guy, and I mean he's good depth for any team. And the final guy I got, uh, someone uh, Trey Lamar out of Clemson. He stands at six foot four inches tall. He did nothing at the combine. This year, he had 14 games, 38 solo tackles, 41 assists for 79 yards. He had one interception, and he had three sacks this year. Uh, Trey Lamar, he's a great run stuffer, good speed. Uh, he's able to diagnose a play quickly, great at blitzing. Uh, the one knock on him, he's not great at changing directions. So, I mean, that's also something that could just you can help in time if you get quality like leadership around him. Uh, he reminds me of uh, Vontez Perfect with just some of the hits he delivers on players. Not uh, illegal hits. Uh, <laughs> legal hits. He brings legal hits to the game. Trey Lamar, I like the guy. Uh, he could slip into the first round. That's what I've read. Some people say he'll be a second-round guy. I don't expect the Giants to be able to acquire him with uh, where I believe they'll be headed with the draft. But a quality guy, and anyone, anyone that's him will uh, be quite happy with Trey Lamar. Definitely. Uh, my last guy, he's out of Hawaii, Jelani Tavai, with an extremely Hawaiian name. He's a senior, 6'2", 250, so he's got some weight on him. Um, he's a tackling machine, although he didn't play against great competition. Um, his awareness is probably the best out of any of these guys I've looked at, besides, obviously, uh, White and Bush. Uh, a great motor. I mean, he just he's the kind of guy, he's like the linebacker you see in the high school football movies. Like, he just, he has that presence on the field. Um, he's not great in coverage, but, you know, he'll pop a tight end uh, pretty good and, and kind of get them off the route. Um, but you really can't cover uh, – you use him in man coverage at all. Uh, he's extremely hard to block. Um, it's just like guards getting to the next level, they have a hard time. They Actually, he gets used in the pass rush um, somewhat decently. Um, you know, you can use him in zone coverage uh, with, you know, in the Giants' defense, like that's what you need. You need to be able to run zone coverage as a linebacker. Um one of the biggest problems, though, is he arm tackles a lot and stops his feet at the point of contact. Um, but that's something that can be taught. Actually, no, that's something that can't be taught anymore. I'm thinking old school football because they don't teach tackling anymore because they don't do two days and all that. And football soft and being ruined and, <laughs> and blah, 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 talking points. Uh, so, yeah, um, I'm not high on this guy, but, you know, he, I think he'll make a roster. Oh yeah, he'll probably make a roster. Do you think he'll go undrafted, or do you think he'll get drafted like in like the fifth, sixth, seventh round? What do you think? Uh I think he'll go undrafted because I just, like I said before, is there's some like I see teams like every year with undrafted guys starting, and I think there's just not a lot of priority on the middle linebacker position. I feel like people think it's a dime a dozen, which you know, and there is a point to that. And I think in the later rounds, the guys are taking chances on skill players, you know, out the receivers, safeties, you know, corners and whatnot. 
So he might go undrafted, but I, 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 I I'll say he's going to get drafted. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't do much research into Tavai, but from what you said, I mean, he sounds fine, but he sounds like he's got issues. So uh, I'm not interested in him based on your scouting report on him. All right. Well, you got to do your own homework because I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're a smart guy. I mean, you play you play football, so I mean, I you have a quality opinion, but yeah, just from what I heard so far, Tavai doesn't sound like my type of guy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, do you have anybody else? Uh, no, I believe that is everyone. Let me check my notes. And yes, that is everyone. I got no one else. All right. Next week is where things get fun. We're doing the big uglies O-line and D-line. and have a lot of fun with those guys. Um, yeah, so we will be back on Tuesday. Make sure, hey, do it right now. Leave us a rating review. Right I'm now. I'm having a lot of fun doing these scouting reports. Right now. Uh, right now. I'm having a lot of fun doing this scouting report, so make sure to follow us. We're going to be doing all kinds of stuff towards the draft with Talking Giants and with Simple Man Radio, too. We're going to be doing some more funnier stuff, maybe some John Gruden, Mel Kuyper uh, impressions. Um, so, yeah, and I'll, actually, I'll leave that for Simple Man Radio, we're doing fan mock drafts. So we're going to be doing so O-line and D-line next week, and then we'll do QBs on the early week show. We'll probably do three uh, episodes draft week. Then we'll do some mock drafts and whatnot. And, man, I, I'm just talking about it. It's like we're just getting ready for the biggest day of our lives every single year. And I'm pumped. So we're doing a lot of stuff. So make sure to follow us at Bobby Skinner NFL, at Danny King NFL. And, listen, hit that subscribe button because sometimes stuff just gets cluttered on your timeline. You don't see, oh, they did an episode. Hit that subscribe button. Refresh your podcast app every day. And you never know what you're going to get with us. So, anyways, it's been a real show. Uh, the only New York Giants podcast that is rooting solely for the Nets. And I think that's the show. Until next time, folks, go Big Blue. Let's go. And Brooklyn.